0: Okay, I just hit record and I started thinking about this this last week because I'm a guy who likes when we just bust into conversation. Okay. But at the same time, I kind of like I feel like maybe people like a good intro. You think so? I just think an intro's campy. Like, it's cheesy. Maybe people yeah. want to disagree with us. Maybe they want to agree with us. I don't know. You know, I'm thinking of other
1: podcasts I've listened to, and most of them have intros, to yeah. be fair, where they have, like, a, a song or something, and then... Yeah. They say, welcome to the podcast. This week we're doing XYZ. All right, let's get to it. You know, that's never been us. I shouldn't yeah. say never, but we well, gave was up on that a while. while ago. Yeah, exactly. We gave up on that a while ago, and I i don't know. I guess maybe we can we can see how it goes.
0: I mean, here's the thing. People know that what they're getting with us. They're getting two guys they who do. just like to have a good time and have some honest conversation about typically money matters of some degree. I mm-hmm. don't know that I want to get be that guy who's like, hey, welcome back to another week. You know, like, come on. Nobody <laughs> likes that guy. Just but so maybe you also you know what i started realizing so i started listening to them as they came out which one it's super weird
1: yeah to listen too much to i can't can't do it it's too yeah
0: the other thing is i noticed that i talk really slowly so if you're listening to us and you find that i talk too slow hit the little button at least if you have an iphone hit the little button in the bottom left corner it'll speed it up to one and a half times I find that is the best podcast listening speed out there. And if you have an Android or use some other service like Spotify or Stitcher, I haven't got a clue where you find that button. But find it so you can speed it up to one and a half speed because I find I sound much better at one and a half than just one. That's just me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know a couple, a lot of guys who don't listen to any podcasts at full speed just because they can get to content much quicker. Um, as you can imagine, right? You really move, you know. Fifty percent faster, you get through fifty percent more content in the same amount of time. It is true. I, I am always listening or doing something. I don't mind the speed, but yeah. Are you like a listen to podcasts when that's the only thing you're listening to?
0: Oh no, only thing you're doing, dude. When I'm at work, all I do is listen to podcasts. So
1: yeah, I know that you're some people. Working.
0: I know that some people don't like that, or like, how do you do it? And it's like, well, I treat it very much like the guys are sitting at the desk with me and they're just shooting the breeze because a lot of the podcasts i listen to are just very much like conversational and whatnot and so i'm listening as they talk while also getting work done and yeah do i zone out every once in a while sure if it's something that, that i absolutely like am dying to listen to then i'll typically wait until i'm sitting at home and can like sit on the couch or you know, if I'm sitting outside or on a long drive, I, I bank a few for long drives. Like when I come to see you next weekend, I know it's about a three hour drive. Oh, but I'll have James with me, so that'll be different. Yeah, I won't be able to listen to a podcast. Right. That's weird for me. But why not?
1: Yeah. Ah, yeah, I guess. Because we both catch have up, to though.
0: kind of be silent. And it's like, and if you want to discuss something they're talking about, you almost have to pause it. And I don't like doing that. So. It's better when I'm on my on my own. So like for instance the weekend after that on the long weekend I'm going to go visit some people as well. And so it's like I'll bank a few long ones so that I can listen to them on my drive there and back, ones that I I really want to just like sit and and take in. So Right. Anyways, the point is, you know, yeah you just gotta i i I definitely but i definitely prefer to listen while i do something else like working or doing the dishes or cooking or whatever it is i'm i always have to have something kind of going on i can't just be sitting in silence.
1: yeah i rarely listen on my own too um when i'm driving sometimes though but i guess i'm driving but yeah that's the only time where i'm fully engaged in the podcast is when i'm driving so yeah that's all right well maddie what should we talk about today i remember some of the topics we discussed you settle on one
0: this is one of the big ones that i have been wanting to talk about and we kind of raised it a little bit but then i kind of kept thinking about it and i was like you know what it's come up more and more in the news as of late t and people might not get this when it's super current but i don't know if you've seen some of this stuff but it's it's more because of the content that i take in um Through things like an organization called The Ringer, um, another one Mm -hmm. called Barstool Sports, if you guys haven't heard of them. Um, And unions started coming up in these companies that are like very focused on like blogging. So all they do is put out blogs and videos and content and stuff like that. And they're talking about unions. And, you know, the president of Barstool Sports, he's this silly guy named Dave Portnoy who basically put out that if anyone in his company. Talks about unionizing. He's going to fire him on the spot. And then all these people came at him on Twitter saying, like, how dare you? That's unconstitutional. That's against U.S. labor laws. Yada, yada, yada. Obviously, he's being silly. I don't think his employees genuinely think that they would get fired on the spot. Maybe he is serious. I don't know. If you think ever he probably see is more guy, serious. But it's expensive the time, for the owner. I, I think he's there's definitely a sense of him being silly at the same time. So... Needless to say, um, it got me thinking because one of the points that they were bringing up in these conversations was wages and, and making sure that people are paid fairly and paid accurately for things like overtime and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, one of the things I wanted to raise was why wages matter. You know, everyone who's listening probably has a job. If you don't have a job, you're either married or the child of someone who does have a job. And if you're under eighteen listening to us, I don't what know. What if how you to just don't have a job?
1: That. But do you have to give so many qualifications? You just don't if have a you job. You
0: don't have a job. Get off your rear end just, and go get one.
1: Just called all the moms out there, jobless.
0: No, I also just said they might be married to someone who has a job.
1: Yeah, so they don't have a job. Yeah, but they that's can talk okay. to their spouse and figure it out. Oh. What? What do you <laughs> nice mean? Maddie. Oh nice what?
0: what what did i say mom
1: mom is a job okay oh hey i never Get said it wasn't Derek. i didn't say it kinda that kind mommy... of did no kind of did stop if you're
0: trust me i've had right. enough okay. mothers tell me we just lost how... all our moms
1: shut oh, up listen to, moms. to this listen to them were they bothering you with their life? No, uh, life stop it oh wow stop it the
0: <laughs> fact is i've listened to preamble to it i see enough stuff through social media and whatnot to apparently know how hard it is to be a mother or a parent in today's society
1: ah uh, you probably got it all figured out you're right
0: oh man there's a reason why i don't have kids I have <laughs> zero intention on having them anytime soon that's funny but uh yeah. But yeah wages matter what do you dude all i'm saying is you want to talk one... minimum wage you want to talk <sighs> There's, there's a few things. One is minimum wage, definitely. Now, this is a touchy subject because there are people out there who rely on minimum wage jobs and feel like they should be paid more to do their job, which, depending on the industry, I mean, I don't know what constitutes for minimum wage work and what doesn't uh, or enough industries. The one I always think of is the one that my parents drilled into my skull as to why I needed an education which was you don't want to be flipping hamburgers at McDonald's for the rest of your life working at minimum wage. So when anyone says minimum wage, I immediately think of the sucker who's flipping burgers at McDonald's who's probably 16. Maybe they're 35. I don't know. All I'm saying is we have this interesting dynamic within especially Canadian society where province after province has been raising minimum wage and Mm -hmm. some people think it's very good others such as accountants would very much disagree with you because they believe all you're actually doing is speeding up inflation and the other part of it is it actually hurts those that are working at minimum wage because some of your perks then begin to disappear whether it's paid breaks whether it's being a full-time employee compared to a part-time employee whether it's reduced hours that they're open Whether it's that they then have to increase prices to incorporate the extra cost of employee wages and benefits, you know, it's not just a matter of let's put more money in these people's pockets. It's also, it's going to, that money is going to come out of someone else's pockets. That's a reality. Mm -hmm. And so, I guess. But they have
1: more money to spend in the economy as well, which is
0: yeah. But if prices for everything goes up that it leaves you in the exact same position you were at before, which yep. means you are still unable to pay for things. Now, whether or not this has worked in in the provinces who have made the drastic leaps, like Ontario, who made a pretty big jump. I was out there, actually, at the time when they did make this big jump in uh, January of 2018. They took a big leap in their minimum wage by like 4 bucks overnight on January wow. 1st. Or something. It was something outrageous, like eleven fifty up to fifteen dollars. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, these people who owned a number of Tim Hortons uh, franchises all of a sudden took a lot of heat because they started to cut back on certain things for their employees, and you know, certain employees had to be laid off, and you know, prices of their products had to go up, and you know, all these different things. And it's like these it are just other, makes sense. This is the natural reality of what's going to happen when you demand you want more money. Yep. Like that money has to come from somewhere. Yeah. And so I would say my my two cents on the matter is, you know, especially in BC we're having this issue where, you know, the NDP is trying to raise minimum wage gradually over, I believe, four years. I'm pretty sure that's what they did in Alberta uh, during yeah, the or NDP's. 15 here. Yeah. And you have to be careful what you wish for because it also means as the minimum wage employee the more money you make the more taxes you pay don't forget that part either so if you, well, you were, pay
1: taxes because you're making money though
0: well that's exactly it but what you might not have been paying tax, or the amount of tax that you might not have been paying beforehand is no longer in your pocket i hope that makes sense to someone
1: like is there a situation where you get paid more money so you have hourly so you have less In your pocket at the end, or you just have proportionally less? You know what I mean? I think you would just proportionally have less. That extra $3 gets taxed higher, so I don't get as much value out of it, but I got some that I didn't get before, right?
0: Absolutely. It is very true, but you're not going to see the full amount. So say you go from $11 to $15. Let's use that example. You're not going to see a straight-up $4 per hour increase in your pocket. They do have to consider taxes. So they... They cut yeah, out a portion of that in your tax, your CPP, and your EI, because guess what? When you work minimum wage, you probably don't hit the full max of EI and CPP for the year. That's just a reality. But you okay.
1: still are taking home more at the end of the day than if you yes, were still you at a
0: You absolutely are. But then... Not the full $4. The reality is is that you know, you're going to have landlords or homeowners or whatever who are going to go, oh, you're making more money, which means we can raise rent each year. You know... And you're going to have, you know, I think different... that's a
1: bit of a stretch. I think more, I more than. I think market pressure, maybe it's from minimum wage increases leads to rent increases. They don't go, what does my tenant do for work? I think I'll increase the rate, not so... rate of well, rent. That's
0: what I mean, though, sorry, is it's not going, I know what this guy makes or this girl makes. It's more just the fact that they're going to go, oh, the entire province went up to fifteen dollars an hour. Well, that means I can move my rent up because I know that they're then, no matter what they do for work, they guarantee yeah that's to a be making more money. That's at least that's how I would think if I was that person. I mean, I think
1: you you don't you can't just charge whatever you want for rent. No, based of course on not. It's it's based on a lot of other things. Absolutely, uh, I think that would be a stretch because I think I you're also you're allowed saying... to make
0: a four percent increase per year.
1: Sure, you can increase your rent, but I'm saying if there's a cheaper place, you won't get a tenant, or if your place isn't worth that much, right? Um, or if there's you know a lot of a lot of vacancy, anyways. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially if the minimum wage is bad and it leads to slower economic growth, then it's like just because people are getting paid more, you're definitely not going to be able to increase rents because there'll be more vacancy. You know, this is an interesting topic. I think this is one that we're talking about, and I think we should frame it in that. There isn't a reasonable person in, in, frankly, the Western world, and I say that, and I mean it, that that would uh, disagree with some sort of minimum wage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think most, you know, except for some libertarian type people, would say, you know what, a price floor for labor makes sense. Absolutely. And where the disagreement is on where is is where that should be, right? So those on the left, depending on how far left you go, would say you know minimum wage should be a liberal wage this should be the amount of money that we as a society decide is the minimum amount to live in that society which i don't know i think the tough thing to me it comes down to demographics i do think people should be able to afford to live and i like the idea of them working for it but you know we have to make sure that we understand that cost flows through to to us as the consumers that's less stuff for us to do and have and and spend on because everything's going to be more expensive um, and we have to look at the demographics of minimum wage workers. And that's one of the things that's tough, you know, because how do you say certain people should make a wage because of um, the demographic reason, right? It should be this is the job, this is what you get paid. But it's like if minimum wage jobs are 100% high school kids, I don't think anyone's really pushing for them to have a higher minimum wage. Right even if it's high school kids and part-time university students, nobody cares. I shouldn't say nobody cares, but that's a different conversation when it's like, okay, how many people are actually relying on minimum wage for a living? That's the real question, right? Not, not the second income into the house just for something to do, not uh, for spending cash, but for their life, they're relying on minimum wage. And that's really the question because that's why I think most of these people are insisting the wage go up is that it's closer to a living wage, quote-unquote, right? And so, I don't know. I was trying to find some demographics here, and it's a little bit tougher. I did listen to a podcast the other day. It's um, NPR's Planet Money, I think, or maybe it's NPR's The Indicator. Both, both are good. If you guys are looking for a good podcast that talks about money, The Indicator's nice because it's usually like eight, nine minutes, real quick in the morning. Um, and they had an economist come on to talk about how these minimum wage hikes have gone in their respective jurisdictions, and obviously it's an American-focused podcast. But he said, you know, a lot of the uh, opponents of it um, said it's going to lead to massive layoffs. We're going to see unemployment go up. Um, but that wasn't the case in most of these jurisdictions. It didn't have much effect on employment in general, and overall, it wasn't as big a deal as everybody said it was. To be fair, NPR is more of a left leaning publication. But I mean, The Economist, he sounded like one of those, you know, more academic types that just says, these are the numbers, man. You know what I mean? And so it would be worth doing some research because now we have enough time behind us where you could say, okay, how did this actually affect the market, right? It, it's, I don't know, that's the thing. We all agree on some level of minimum wage. It's just, what should it be? You know, what should it be?
0: Well, and that's exactly it. I think, you know, I was listening to some people talk about this and they were bringing up the idea of even with like those minimum wage jobs, should you be able to pay a high school student or say someone under the age of majority less less than someone under the of majority? That's what we do here in Alberta. Majority? Really?
1: Yeah, Jason Kenney and uh, the premier, I'm pretty sure he instituted that pretty quick after getting elected. If not, it's in the, in the works. Um, and that seems weird to me. Because I get what he's trying to do because that's the question we just talked about. Like if it's all students who are just using this income for fun, we don't feel like they need to, you know, but it's like they're doing the same job. They should not be paid less is also the other side of that.
0: That was exactly (laughs) what I was just about to say. They're doing the exact same job. So why would you pay them any less for that sort of thing? It doesn't make any
1: sense. Yep. You know, so... I don't know. I mean, and this is the argument. I've heard some people even say, well, you know, a minimum wage job is generally entry level. It's a garbage job. People should hate it and move on to something bigger and better. Right. <laughs> you know, that's an extreme way of describing, you know, just basically saying we don't want some of these jobs to be desirable. We want them to be entry level so that they are not careers. They are just temporary or there's decent amount of turnover or whatever. We, people shouldn't be doing this as their living. But
0: Right, but give me an example of a minimum wage job that couldn't turn into a good career. That could. No, that couldn't. You know. That oh. They, you know, you just said like we don't want them doing it for the rest of their lives. Well, you know, I even think my first job, which believe it or not, I got fired from, was uh, working at a grocery store. Yeah. You can work uh, your way up in a grocery store. That's exactly it, right? But you no, start you out work working minimum places. wage, stocking shelves. And if you work hard enough, you can slowly climb your way up to a management position and then even a corporate gig um, in their offices, which is what one of my best friends, his dad, did that and spent like 30 plus years with the same company, having started out when he was 16 and just slowly so, climbed and climbed, and climbed and climbed, man. And yeah. was then in charge of a, a number of grocery stores within, you know, Western Canada. And, uh, yeah, that you know had a great career from it, and you know.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's there's probably yum. some some jobs where it's a little tougher. Like, uh, in this region, I'm thinking um, we have a lot of um, vegetable pickers um, in the greenhouses. Okay. And you know, those are family-run businesses. It's like, I don't. You know, you might be able to move up, but it's. Remember, but those it's are so summer-type like, jobs. They're, at they're seasonal. The top. Yeah, like supervisor like, of the other vegetable exactly, figures, you know?
0: exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. not you're not climbing up to own the vegetable garden one day. No, 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 no. Right. right.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, but that's a, that's a good point, right? Like, there's always a better job. I don't know. And it was tough too because I think that this is framed in a lot of different ways. Like I've heard commentators talk about how well we think about it the wrong way. You know, it's almost like this mistrust or this real hatred for the corporate world, for corporate greed. And I think that's fair in a lot of cases, but I think they don't realize is that, yeah, there's some big corporations who are going to be hurting on this one. The Walmarts, um, the Sobies, whatever. But there's so many mom and pops that are paying this minimum wage, and I think it's a little unfair to frame it just for the big corporations, you know. Because, um, yeah, they can afford to do it, I guess, in a way. Um, but the mom and pop operations will have a much harder time and and then they may not have the ability to pass that on to their suppliers or to, you know, they're not as big, they don't have that leverage, right? right. So, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I've definitely heard a couple people say things like, well, here's the thing, I know I have a, a family member who was upset about the wage increase because, not because they make minimum wage, but they're like, okay, listen, now this person who has no skill is now making $15 an hour. And I am a skilled worker, decades of experience in my career, but now I'm just barely making a few dollars over minimum wage. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, <clears throat> and it's a government job, right? And so it's like, okay, yeah, that's not a good signal to send to someone who, I don't know, you know, and then maybe their wage should go up too, but it's not going to just because minimum wage went up. There's no obligation to increase Wages above minimum wage, you know what I mean? So,
0: right. See, yeah, and that's that's where I'm of the opinion as well, though, is that okay? Maybe you're making say eighteen bucks an hour, okay? And yep. minimum wage just goes from twelve to fifteen. Well, then naturally, I truly believe you should also get a similar increase in your wage. But you won't. Exactly, it's very true, and I think that's the tough part is what is that like yeah money's not always the motivating factor in every line of work but it is necessary at that to end of survive. the spectrum it is a big and, factor and absolutely it's much different when you're making say $40 an hour and everyone moves up to 15 and it's like well do i really Whatever. do i really care you know but yeah it it is a little demoralizing you know mhm mm-hmm. so yeah i I think that I don't know. I it's hard because I am of this belief that you want to motivate people to get jobs and kill unemployment whether it be minimum wage or higher. But I also don't want to motivate people to settle for minimum wage because it's continually so increasing. Good. I want to see people get educated, not just in terms of like an actual academic education, but educated in terms of job skill, uh, and continue to climb. You know, whether it be corporate ladders or, you know, blue collar job ladders or whatever, where you're climbing yourself out of the minimum wage bracket and and making more money. I want to see everyone get rich, man. I am a firm believer in that.
1: So. But, you know, and then here's the here's the thing. I agree with you. But here's the thing about society. There's a lot of people who just want to go to work and go home and have their reasonable middle life, class lifestyle and don't really have any interest for whatever reason. It doesn't need a reason. I, you know, I don't want to speak disparagingly about it, but it's like they're happy. They don't need to feel like they're grinding or pushing. And as a society, I think, you know what, that's probably the biggest chunk of people. As a society, I think we need to make sure that those people can have a decent living. Just the average Joe, who is like, I just want to have an average um, income, be a yeah, middle class person. And, and, and maybe that's, that's yeah. how we support them, right? Is by saying, okay, middle, minimum wage is higher. Uh, personally, I would lean towards the higher minimum wage. I I don't know where it should be though. I don't know if $15 is too high, but I would be right. leaning towards the higher price floor versus the, the lower price floor. And I mean, I don't know if this is a good way to com- combat it, but we have seen income inequality growing in Western nations. And it's like, maybe this helps, you know? I it's don't true. know what, maybe this helps. Less, less people at the top keeping money, I don't know. Or maybe they pass the entire price on to, to us, the consumer, who knows?
0: yeah for sure for sure. So I think yeah.
1: the image of like this greedy, you know, obviously Wall Street banker who's like, Ugh now my profits have gone down from eleven and a half percent to eleven and a quarter <laughs> This is See? the
0: worst.
1: And then they have you know what I mean like that's that's generally who people think are fighting the the minimum wage hike, maybe if you're depending on your point of view, but it's a lot more nuanced than that.
0: Right. Yep. Well, let us yeah. know what you think. Tell us what you think of minimum wage. Whether you're for it, against it, whether you found, if you live in one of these provinces where you've seen increases in your minimum wage, maybe you work those minimum wages jobs. Let us know what you think. Um,
1: yeah, I would love to hear about it. You know what? You, what your thoughts are?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're we're always happy to hear some some thoughts from from you know faithful listeners and whatnot. But uh, moving on. What do you on. think, Maddie?
1: Kind of minimum wage income. What do you think about universal basic income?
0: Ugh. Uh, I think...
1: For listeners who don't know, that's just where the government provides every person in their respective country with income, regardless of what you do. Every day, just minimum. Everybody in Canada To help would earn... with your
0: basic needs, though, is kind of the idea behind it. So that yeah. people 30 grand aren't homeless, Everybody aren't hungry... There you know, those sorts of things are, you know, clothed, you know, all those basic needs, that's what the idea behind it is. And some people have battered around the idea of a thousand dollars a month. Other people have batted around more or less, whatever it might be. Yeah.
1: And you've seen some support and dissension on both sides of the political spectrum, which is interesting. Uh, you've got those on the left and the right saying this is a good way to go forward.
0: I think I would really need someone who's incredibly smart and understands it to a very high degree to explain to the common person how it's going to impact them in terms of where is this money coming from because money does magically appear out of nowhere. And you even think, yep. you know, I've heard it more in terms of the United States than I have in, in Canada.
1: And money but, does actually kind of appear out of nowhere. And, but anyways, keep going. <laughs> but
0: the reality is though, the you know, I think of the Canadian demographic, we're one-tenth the size of the United States. Yeah. So it's like, we are a great starting sample if we were going to try this to see how yep. well this works in terms of who, how it's being funded, how the money flows back somehow to the government for them to almost repurpose it and reuse it for the next month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sometimes think i don't know man i just i think what i struggle with and this is also coming from someone who is in a line of work where he doesn't need the universal basic income to survive no that's that's the other part i think people have to understand our situation Tarek. we don't need that money but if someone's going to offer me say another thousand dollars a month for free i'm not turning it down And I'm also going to be annoyed if they go, well, you actually make too much money, sir. We're actually going to give it to someone else. Well, then I'm annoyed too because I'm almost less interested in working as hard as I am currently and maybe taking a job with a lesser wage so that I am entitled to it. You know, like there's a lot of these things. So then I really feel it does have to be universal in terms of everyone needs to be provided it. And I also think... At the same time, though, that if someone... How much motivation does that kill from someone? In that's, terms the, of, that's a good question. This has been my brings... sticking point for a very long time with this whole issue because I've heard it for the last year or so, is... Does
1: it kill motivation?
0: Does it kill me to motivate to work harder and better my situation if I know I'm constantly going to be getting enough money to survive? What forces you to grind to go? You know what?
1: That's a good question.
0: Forget chasing after you know business. Forget chasing after a profession in terms of like what we do. Whether it's being a a CFA, a CPA, a doctor, a a dentist, a lawyer. uh, You know these are just professions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I Um, ever chase after something like that if I can settle for something far less? Because my My income's gonna be supplemented,
1: yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting question. I think it you know you're raising like maybe fundamental differences between an understanding of what drives humanity to do things in general, right? Like I agree that uh, people generally should want to work hard and feel the need to, and that being given things is not a great thing a lot of the time. Um, but at the same time, when you describe, you know, what's going to drive me to to work hard, to want more, you know, getting a $1,000 a month so you can subsistence live is not going to affect your willingness to work your ass off to earn more. Do you know what I mean? Because you're not going right. to have the lifestyle you want. Like, you could work less now and live like that, but you don't because you want to live better. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's
0: very true. It's very true. That is a good
1: point. And so that's the thing that is tough. I don't think... I mean, the idea in this utopian understanding of the the universe-based basic income is that we um, see people work because they want to and in, in creative ways where they feel um, challenged and pushed. Maybe they don't have as much requirement to earn money to live so they can pursue different things. So we see more innovation or growth, I think. Like any social program, you're going to see a lot of abuse, a lot of people milking the system, working the system.
0: Absolutely.
1: And in terms of some practical ways that it's been implemented, I think some of the programs, you know, it's like, yeah, if it's twelve grand a year, thousand bucks a month, let's say for round numbers, um, if you make over, like the, you change the progression in the tax system so that if you make over a certain amount, that just doesn't work out like you're getting a lot of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting set up. But I think the big thing in terms of how it's paid for is the idea is that, okay, we don't need food stamp programs. We don't need EI. We don't need, or that's employment insurance for those outside of Canada. We don't need um, as much from maybe the CPP and the OAS program, the old age security program and the Canada pension plan. And so we eliminate the administration of those programs and those programs maybe in general. And that helps fund some of that.
0: Um, right. See, and my only counter I mean? so, to that's... that is, like, just off the top, you think about, take, for instance, your wife, okay? Who, yeah. she does well for herself because she is a registered nurse, uh, works full-time. Now, say you guys decide you want to start a family, yep. EI entitles her to, what, 55% of her wage? Something like that? Actually, if no, no, I, no. I believe that's what EI does. Now, as a registered I... nurse, you make you make a good chunk of money. Let's let's not get ourselves. Yeah, that's not gonna be
1: nearly enough, you're right.
0: Exactly. So then if you eliminate EI to cover her thousand dollars a month, do you really want to make that trade off? No, you might yeah, not true. want to. But the guy who's living on EI or the guy who and got it for working a job that paid less than a thousand a month, or you know, the people who are living on welfare or social assistance, whatever you want to call it. And they only make about five fifty or something like that a month. Well, then they're willing to make that sacrifice because they're not working hard That's true. for that money. That That's doesn't work point. if
1: it's a percentage of your actual income. But still, you know, OAS and CPP payments it could be supplanted, maybe. At the bottom end, you can take yeah. out a lot of the social programs that have to do with sort of. I mean, maybe even some housing stuff. I don't know it's it still doesn't add up because we're going from helping some people to helping everybody um and then you know the administration of those programs that's the where i think i see the issue is that i don't see us being able to say to government employees okay well we don't need your department anymore
0: <laughs> yeah like, yeah go and tell the there, government there, that
1: i mean that's the thing that i doubt is that i don't see a government being able to say okay So we're going to implement a universal basic income and get rid of this department and save some money because that's just not how the government works. It always gets bigger. It never seems to get smaller.
0: Ladies Um, and gentlemen, at the end of the day, let me tell you, the amount of times I've had to call CRA for questions about tax returns or tax laws or whatever it is, and the amount of people that I talk to who haven't got a freaking clue what I'm talking about because they're not educated in any degree about what I'm asking, and yet... For some reason, we are paying tax dollars for them to be employed doing a job that they're not in <laughs> Able any way qualified to do and do even yep. remotely well, and yet we're thinking we're going to eliminate government jobs like that. Just not that
1: gonna happen. That we will we never should. Happen. That's what makes it add up. But you know, it'll be on a tax somewhere. We'll have to figure it out. I mean, one of the concerns uh, is, and I think this is overblown, that robots automation will eliminate a bunch of jobs and we won't have anything to do for people. So we need to do a universal basic basic income. And I think there was a politician who suggested we tax. You have a Google tax, they called it or an internet tax because it's this tech industry that's Mm. getting rid of many of these jobs and they make exorbitant profits. So we tax them a little bit or every transaction on Amazon or every search on Google or I don't know, you maybe don't want to make it so company specific.
0: And then, oh, hold on! Is the user getting taxed, offset. or is the company being taxed? Oh, Google is. Google is. You oh, would yeah, have nothing. I'm sure to be Google's going to go you for didn't that. Pay any
1: money? Well, no, they'll, they'll they'll fight it. But Google. The idea would their be technology is country. Well, oh, that's the thing, dude. <laughs> the idea is that technology. Well, if it's taxed at uh, when when the person clicks, then then you're okay because there's a lot of Americans who click a lot. Anyways, um, the idea is that the technology is what's displacing people and their jobs so technology there should be a, a tax that they're paying for that i don't know. either way it's interesting to talk about but that's fine tell so, us what you guys think about universal basic income ubi there was an experiment done in manitoba actually that's often referenced. It was done a number of years ago but people look into that as an example of how it would work
0: interesting okay yeah see i just think we get and i'm not this like anti-socialist or anything like that but I think we're getting too deep into like socialist ideals when we talk about universal basic income. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I just think this idea of evening the playing field in some degree is not always a, a healthy measure.
1: I'm with you. But I don't think a universal basic income person would describe it as evening the playing field so much as giving people just a little bit so they don't have to worry about them. Basic, basic stuff because it's not going to be a lot of money. You're not going to be like, awesome, I'm kicking back and sipping margaritas all day because you can't afford margaritas.
0: I just – I guess even going back to what we were talking about before, okay? So, for instance, the whole EI and even social assistance and stuff like that. I worked with the homeless um, for a year and worked at a shelter, and I knew that the last Wednesday of every month was Welfare Wednesday. It was, you know, well-known – uh, it's it's a busy day at Banks in Williams Lake. Um and people all cash their checks and it was always the quietest day at the shelter.
1: Nobody needed the shelter on all well for Wednesday. But
0: darn right they didn't because they were off, you know, feeding addictions. And I'm not saying all of them were were doing that, but I am saying that it was always a pretty quiet night on those Wednesday nights. And you know, it would be quiet for probably the Thursday night and possibly the Friday and by Saturday, it started to slowly fill back up again because they ran out of money already. Yeah, and it took them three or four days. Now, consider doubling that, and asking yourself what you're doing to these people.
1: Doubling they, the money?
0: Yeah, they can't. Well, I don't know their if their addiction. Money would go. That's what I'm saying though. Is when you said you know universal basic income. Say say it was a thousand dollars. Let's just use round numbers, right? From so say it does go up from what they're currently getting. Okay. All right. Then you're just fueling those addictions to a greater extent. It's true. Those and, people would
1: be in trouble, but then I, I don't think that's a great way of thinking about it because the solution also isn't saying, "Well, then we should take all their money away so no, that they can't I'm, fuel those addictions." I'm not
0: addictions. saying that. I'm saying at the same time, the money time, isn't
1: the issue, though.
0: No. What I am saying, though, is that by increasing that, but say lowering um, the amount that someone gets for, say, CPP or OAS because you know you feel like you can get rid of those programs and say that's then what say it's $12,000 per person well you can make more currently between the two of them and it's like you're then taking away the rewards of someone who has worked for say paid a, into a their good pension. portion of time paid into those programs for 30 to 40 years
1: I don't think anybody pays into OAS but CPP right. for sure. You
0: are right. You're right. Nobody does pay into OAS. You're you're very correct. It is just a it's a supplement on top of you know CPP basically, depending on what your income is. My point being, yeah, is that, it's
1: it's it's a logistical nightmare, though. I I just more yeah. I think like like it is logistically very very tough. But at this stage, we're just talking
0: big ideas is it possible and what would that is look like possible? is that better is that a better world is it good i you see know? and that's the thing you're always going to have people who are very pro for it because it benefits them and you're gonna have people who are very against it because it doesn't yeah and they're concerned and i mean with...
1: I, i'm kind of uh, i don't know if i would say pro but i really want to live in a society where i don't feel like people are left behind and you know if you don't you know succeed You're less than. I don't know. You know what I mean? And that's maybe framing it in a very dramatic way. Um, Very
0: much so, yes. (laughs)
1: Can't stress (laughs) that. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like as a society, we should have this understanding of camaraderie and that we are, you know, Canadians and we only do as good as we treat our, you know, shittiest person. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit much, but. Kind of true, yeah. But the idea is that, yeah, let's make Canada better and work that way where, where less people need where yeah I don't know what that looks like though right
0: yeah yeah no, that's fair. Anyways, anyways
1: tell us what you guys think listeners we'd be interested it's been an interesting topic about wages and income were you going to yeah. take us somewhere else are we running out of time
0: Uh, we are kind of running out of time maybe I I'll used, save maybe I'll save this uh, I'll save this next one for another time
1: cool cool
0: Anyways folks, it's been a slice. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope that maybe you even talk to a friend, coworker, family member about minimum wage, about universal basic income. Do a little research on it. look it up. Um, there's a presidential candidate in the United States who is for the liberals or Democrats I guess, oh, down liberals. there. Um, his name is Andrew Yang and he's a really big proponent to this idea of universal basic income uh check him out read up on him a little bit if you want um i think
1: he's had some a couple good long-form interviews on some podcasts too that are really interesting if you really want to hear what he has to say he's got some good ideas
0: yeah and he's a Very guy interesting he's, really, ideas. he's thought it out to a far greater extent than most i would argue
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and has probably one of the more practical views on how this could be implemented into a society as big as the united states which, like I said, is 300 million people. It's a lot of people to try and do this with. Um, yep. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Tell us what you think. Leave a leave a comment on your podcast provider. Send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, put a comment on on our posts, whatever it is. You know, we're more than happy to listen and interact with you. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope to hear your thoughts. Anyways, until next week. Well, to you guys later. Stay humble, stay low, like dough on the go your cutie.